Welcome back to the Movie Bible Podcast. This week you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Brennan as we break down the Avengers Endgame second record-breaking week at the box office, as well as newcomers The Intruder, Ugly Dolls, and The Long Shot. And as always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. Alright, so yeah, breaking down the top five for this weekend. In first place, uh, no surprise, is still Avengers Endgame with $145.8 million domestic. It's about a 59.2% drop, but still going strong. In the number two spot is The Intruder, which opened to cool $11 million. In the number three spot is Seth Rogen's Longshot, opening up to a little over $10 million. And in fourth is the other big newcomer this week is Ugly Dolls opening to 8.5 million. And Captain Marvel rounds out the top five with a nice 4.276 million. Um, So Disney is still dominating. Um, Avengers Endgame is still kind (laughs) of destroying everything in its wake. It crossed $2 billion this weekend. Um, The fastest movie to do that ever, doing it in 11 days, which is just absolutely insane um i I believe that's almost a month sooner than the next movie uh avatar was the other the other previous record holder if i remember correctly um crossed it it is pretty much unstoppable i know i went and saw it for a third time this weekend (laughs) i don't know if you have anything new on it um oh yeah there's definitely a ton i mean these developments are pretty huge another 145 million and change this weekend and that's just the weekend estimates right tomorrow we'll get a more exact figure um what i was looking for this weekend is uh firstly how big is this movie going to drop because i knew that this is going to be definitely a movie that is quite top heavy right this is a film that is um quite hyped up at the beginning you this is the type of movie that you need to see first weekend um if you want to go back and look at a film like avatar when it came out, it's a film that it's it's original property. It's it's a standalone. Um, well, I guess now it's not going to be uh, next year with with what's coming. But uh, at the time, it's a standalone. It's a one-off. It's a film that people didn't really know what it was. They just know it's James Cameron, big big director, and they know uh, that that it is going to be something special in terms of uh, special effects and what they're going to do. But that's a film that was more word of mouth. And what what is amazing about that film is it only opened to seventy. Um, 7 million or so at the uh, domestic box office when it first came out, which is nearly 300 million lower than uh, Endgame. (laughs) Um, But Avatar had a second weekend drop of 2%. And it went on on to to almost never have a weekend where it dropped more than 50% and always stayed around 10 to 20% drops. And that's kind of how that film uh, performed. It had legs. Now, Endgame's a very different monster. It's a very different beast. Um, it's a film that you need to see first weekend that, that is, that, that, that's the must, you must see this film as soon as it comes out. Now we know that there were a lot of, uh, theaters that were sold out last weekend. We know a lot of people got bumped to this weekend. We know there are a lot of people going back to see it again. And we know that this is just a gigantic film. So it's going to have a huge second weekend, but I was expecting around a 60% drop and we got a 59% drop for Endgame. Uh, so it's pretty close to what I was expecting, but they made 357 million first weekend. So 50 nine percent drop that's not uh too bad they're still bringing in 145 million plus this weekend um which is good for the second best second weekend of all time i'm pretty sure i was 
keeping an eye out to see if they would beat The Force Awakens and get the record for the best second weekend. The Force Awakens had a second week end of 149 million. Um, who knows? Maybe with the actual numbers tomorrow, it might be closer. Uh, we'll see. But that, I think that's something definitely to look for tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. And I think we'll have a little bit of a clearer picture. But, I mean, as you said, this thing is massive. <laughs> yeah. There's really no stopping it. Um, I don't think it's going to have just a a really large margin overtaking Avatar. But I think at this point, it's still early enough in the game. It's still earning a ridiculous amount of money. I can I I can imagine very few scenarios where this doesn't at least shuffle past Avatar in terms of worldwide gross by the end of its run. Yeah, hundred percent. Another thing I was looking into today because I wanted to see what are the chances, like how much money is this thing going to make. So now we look at Endgame. It's at what two point one eight billion rounded up. It's pretty much at two point two billion dollars. Um, the film is about five hundred million. Um, sorry, uh, five. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, around six hundred million short of Avatar right now worldwide. Because um, uh, Avatar finished with two point seven eight. We have this film now at two point one eight. Uh, I was trying to see how much money did Infinity War make after its first 12 days worldwide. So you had, because um, right now we're on the 12th day of Endgame uh, globally. Um, you look at Infinity War, and I was able to determine that the film made another 30% of what it had already made um, in its first 12 days and the rest of its run. So consider Endgame another 30% of what they've already made if they follow the same pace. That will blow past Avatar. That will definitely get them to uh, 2.8 billion, and will definitely get them the record. Yeah, and I agree. I, and I've seen some articles that are claiming that Endgame already has more repeat viewers than Infinity War did, which Infinity War had a pretty astounding number of repeat viewers in itself. And so, I have no doubt that the fan base will carry it the rest of the way. And that's what superhero movies tend to have a lot of repeat dedicated fans um you know even we're, we're in an interesting spot with endgame because not only do you have like the comic book fans and and people that have followed these characters since before they were on screen but it's been around enough that you have literally a generation of people that has grown up with these movies and that this has been a constant in their life so there's there's a huge base to get it over that hump and to to actually dethrone avatar uh yeah 100 percent. now three billion I don't know yet because I look at the numbers and it's quite astounding how much money they're making. I knew this was going to be a topic movie though, obviously, but it still is going to have the legs. I'm I'm definitely sure that the past Avatar, um, but three billion dollars. I don't know if it'll quite get there. Um, I know last week we all were kind of uh, in agreement that we were just kind of throwing it out there. We were like, yeah, sure, it hit three billion, but who knows? Do you think that it has uh, what it takes to crack three billion dollars worldwide? Um, I think it'll be close. I don't think it's going to be an easy task for it to to accomplish. But Disney also really likes to, and Nick has talked about it before, Disney really likes their round numbers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they had a huge Labor Day push uh, for the film as well. Mm. When, you, when you get to the end of the summer, um, I'd imagine they'll push it pretty hard again when Spider-Man uh, starts to come out. You'll mm. see a little bit of a bump from that as well. I think if Disney pulled all their resources together and tried as hard as they could, they could get it to $3 billion. I don't think Disney will necessarily do that. Um, I mean, we could be surprised if everything else this summer flops, <laughs> then maybe. 
Yeah. Um, but we are starting to get into a lot more competitive blockbusters. I mean, we have Detective Pikachu this week. Aladdin comes out at the end of the month. Um, Godzilla comes out at the end of the month. So it's it's starting to wade into some heavier competition, uh, which I think will be its biggest struggle trying to hit that $3 billion mark. Yeah, definitely. May is uh, an extremely competitive month, and every year it's getting uh, more increasingly competitive. We're kind of seeing the summer being scaled back a little bit. We're kind of seeing the big blockbusters start coming out at the end of April and uh, May really being that big month uh, in June as well. Kind of it used to be more of a June-July thing. I think it's kind of creeping creeping back a little bit in the schedule, or maybe just summer's getting longer for movie fans. Um, but I definitely think that this is a film that has the potential to get to $3 billion. If there's anything that will, it's this. But I don't quite know. I think what we have to see is how it performs this week in the weekdays, um, see if it if it takes uh, big hits overseas this week, see how Detective Pikachu is going to play against it. I think that's something that we should definitely discuss. How do you think uh, Detective P- Pikachu is going to affect Endgame uh, this upcoming weekend? I think Detective Pikachu is going to take a large portion of its foreign audience, um, particularly in, you know, it's, it's not, Pokemon traditionally isn't from China, it's not based in China, um, but it is still very rooted, at least initially, um, in Japan and Japanese culture. It's massive over there. I mean, beyond, Pokemon is really big in America, but it's unfathomable, like how much bigger it is over in Japan. And so I think it's going to struggle worldwide because Pokemon is a very global franchise. Um, it's been around for, man, almost 30 years at this point. And so it's got a huge fan base built in. This is the first real live action attempt with it. So I think Detective Pikachu's got a lot of steam to run on itself, got a large fan base to pull from. Um, and so I, you know, I could be surprised, and Endgame could still be in the number one spot next week. I wouldn't really be surprised if it was first or second. Um, but I think Detective Pikachu is definitely going to take a pretty big bite out of its total gross. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think that um, it's, it, Detective Pikachu looks like it's a film that, uh, has some steam. I think this is something that it's not a Sonic where <laughs> I mean the trailer wasn't that great. <laughs> the, the, the Sonic trailer, it's kind of it's kind of cool that the director has responded and said that he's going to change uh, change kind of kind of the footage, uh, re-render his design. I think that's kind of a cool uh, thing that he's open to doing and uh, that he's going to pursue after all the backlash. But Pokemon is different. I mean, this film, the the build up, the marketing, it's been successful. It's kind of starting uh, to grow, and and I think that Pokemon is just kind of a bigger property than Sonic overall as well, 100%. And uh, this film, I think Pokemon is going to be a – I called it in my article. It's my one of my bold predictions of the year. Um, uh, I think it's a billion-dollar picture. I, I'm, I think it's going to stun a lot of people how, how big it is. I don't know. Maybe it won't get there, but I think it's going to be a huge blockbuster, um, and I think this weekend is going to be a potential uh, for 100 a uh, hundred million dollars um, opening weekend for uh, Pikachu, whereas Endgame, I think that you're right. It has a shot maybe at first next weekend, but personally, I don't think it will get there. I think it'll be a strong second. I'm looking at a fifty percent drop for Endgame next week, and uh, it to come in with a little over seventy million. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. Um, you know, Detective Pikachu seems to be aimed a little bit more towards kids, so you may have a that could either help it or hurt it. Um, it's really a little too early to. I think I think it's a a very hard movie to judge, just because it is unprecedented in a lot of ways. 
um, but it does have a lot going for it as well. So I have no doubt that it will be a success. I just don't really know how big or how small of a success it'll be. Right. I think that um, there's there's definitely uh, there's definitely um, a good chance for that film to be huge. I think Ryan Reynolds was definitely the perfect choice though as the voice. Um, oh yeah. I, I can't picture another. I don't know. It's weird. I've never. I haven't seen the movie yet, but the trailers really grew on me. The first trailer I saw, I was kind of. I didn't dig it right away. I mean, I like Ryan Reynolds. I do, and I like the Deadpool movies. I think they're a lot of fun. But I thought it was an odd choice. And then the more and more uh, marketing I saw for the film, the more I heard the voice, the more I saw the trailers, more teasers. I thought it was kind of a perfect choice. This is someone who has box office draw these last couple of years. This is someone who who, who doesn't make like he's approachable. I mean, he he has a fan base. Um, people like him. He's funny. Uh, so, so I think that was definitely the perfect choice to go for a film that is, it, it's a kid, it, it, it is geared towards kids, but you're going to have uh, the same person who plays Deadpool vo- voicing Pikachu, you're definitely going to bring in uh, a bigger base with that. Yeah, and I agree. And I think, you know, when I first started the premise, I was like, that, that seems like kind of a, a dumb <laughs> route to go with the first Pokemon movie. Um, but yeah, when the first trailers came out, I uh, I saw like the potential in it. I really love what we've seen so far of how they've built the world of Pokemon, because uh, that's something that I grew up with. I used to have, you know, hundreds of cards, played the games on my Game Boy. Um, and so it was really cool to see that brought to life. I'm excited to see it, uh, whether I get to it this weekend or after finals are over. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be exciting for sure. I think that it's, it's definitely going to make a splash. Um, so number two this weekend was actually The Intruder. Uh, made eleven million dollars um, in its first weekend. Not bad on a production budget of eight million. Kind of a horror thriller. I saw it. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it, it's watchable for Dennis Quaid and what he does. He he is hilarious, creepy, and outrageous at the same time. It it's it's a it's definitely a poor film. I, it it's not well made. It it's very. <laughs> It's cheap horror. Um, characters make the stupid choices. A lot of cliche within it, but I think you can find enjoyment in this film if you go with friends and you just uh, enjoy Dennis Quaid's performance. Yeah, this is a movie that I remember seeing a trailer for it. Um, I think when I went to go see Us, and if I'm going to be honest, I completely forgot this was a thing until this morning. <laughs> Uh, when I saw the box office results and I was like, the intruder, why do I know that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always up for a good Dennis Quaid performance. Um, (laughs) even if it's in an iffy movie like this, I don't really know much about it, but it's had, you know, it, and we're in a, a weird spot performance wise where yes, everything looks really small because Endgame is setting records and earning just ridiculous amounts of money. Um, but 11 million isn't a bad start for this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it looks like it had an estimated budget of about 8 million. It's pulling in 11 million domestic. I don't necessarily know that this movie's going to have just a strong worldwide presence, but I think it'll it'll make a decent amount of pocket change. Yeah, for sure. And I was quite surprised this weekend because I thought definitely Longshot would be a film to beat Intruder. I thought Ugly Dolls would maybe have a chance. Um, to pat uh, to like to be above Intruder, I was quite surprised um, to see when the numbers came out that the Intruder was number two this weekend. I think uh, horror is just something that people—it's so 
it's so watchable for people uh horror films there's such a there, there's there's such a base out there that when there's a horror film out they'll just see it i think it's a good time um like a perfect date night type of movie right you just go see a horror that's kind of i mean rom-coms as well but i mean horror is also something that people go to um so i think that's definitely what helped this film but i was really surprised when it came second above long shot mm-hmm. yeah and that you know long shot just kind of transitioning there it's a movie that i've been aware of for a while just because i follow seth rogan and he's been obviously talking about this for a while um but i don't feel like it was marketed very well um it you know and part of that is it's not a blockbuster right it's not going to have that same large backing that something like endgame or like detective pikachu has Mm -hmm. um but I feel like this movie was talked about a little bit when um, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron like started with it. Um, you know, I heard a lot of good early buzz from it, and then I just never heard anything from it again until about a week ago. Um, and really, all that was from Seth Rogen's Twitter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's it's definitely not the hit that they kind of hoped it would be initially. Um, I'm not seeing an estimated budget for it at the moment, um, but I did hear, I did hear something in the ballpark of 40 million for the budget. Um, oh. I don't know how accurate that is, but I hope that's, I hope uh, that's not true. I hope I hope not because a 10 million dollar opening uh, in North America isn't good for a 40 million dollar budget. That sounds something similar to the next movie we'll be talking about but before we before we move on to that uh long shot i mean it's, it's getting good reception it's getting uh good good reviews i've heard some good things about the film 100 percent um and i am looking forward to seeing it at some point i'm probably going to check it out on a uh, on a tuesday or something like that um but i would have expected this film to definitely do better i mean charlie's Th- theron i think she's she, she's definitely a great actress she's had such a great career and uh it's a di- it's an interesting choice for her to be in this film uh, with Seth Rogen, I mean Seth Rogen, he's got a huge fan base, right? That that's a that's one of the top guys in comedy. Um, so I, I was quite surprised to see that only ten million. I mean, it's if forty million is the production budget, that that's a rough opening. Um, I think they probably would have wanted fifteen to twenty. Uh, but but it's definitely definitely a tough start for them. I don't know how much of a foreign uh, draw this is going to have overseas. Uh, we'll see, but. This is something we're going to have to keep an eye, keep an eye on for the next couple of weeks and see kind of how it does. Yeah, and it's you know it's a little surprising because it does have a lot of star power behind it. I mean, in addition to Charlize and and Seth Rogen, um, it has O'Shea Jackson Jr., which is Ice Cube's son. Um, has Andy Serkis is in there. Uh, Bob Odenkirk from uh, Breaking Bad, a Better Call Better Call Saul, is in there. I believe uh, one of the Scars Guards is in there. Lisa Kudrow's in the movie, and so you would think it would have at least a little bit more pool because it does have some pretty recognizable people in there. Um, but yeah, it's kind of not, not hitting with audiences. I know I've seen the, re- I've heard reviews. I've heard nothing but positive things about it. I'm excited to go see it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just kind of underwhelming for the time being. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. So what do you say we talk about ugly dolls? <laughs> <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> That's a film here. Uh, $45 million production budget, which isn't bad for an animation. I'm quite impressed <laughs> yeah, um, and it actually it doesn't look at least from the trailers the animation doesn't look terrible it seems to be decently on par with everything else but yeah continue and they, ha- they have a lot of big names right they have uh they have people like 
from the likes of Kelly Clarkson, Nick Jonas, Emma Roberts, Ice uh, Ice T, um, uh, Pitbulls in this movie, Wanda Sykes, uh, Janelle Monet. There's a lot of uh, singers in this film. Um, yeah, I expected this thing to. I mean, it, it's the second weekend for Endgame. Nothing's gonna have a great weekend, but I expected Ugly Dolls to at least get ten million dollars. Uh, it's kind of pulling a Wonder Park. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird. I mean, it. It's a pretty. It, it seems to be a pretty cliched premise. Um, you know, I don't really think that they're bringing anything new to the table here. From the reviews that I've seen of it, they are not bringing anything new to the table here. Um, and it does. It. It's weird in the fact that it has star power, but it doesn't have necessarily like modern film star power right. it has a lot of a lot of musicians um a lot of people that you would probably recognize their voice or their face but wouldn't really know who they were um so it's, it's a i don't really understand why they went with those casting choices but they did and i, I just don't think oh pitbull is in a movie that's the movie i need to go see this weekend maybe um, five years ago <laughs> i don't know interesting <laughs> Interestingly enough, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but the story is actually by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, so he didn't write the script, write the script, but he actually uh, wrote the story that it was based on, um, which I think is just an interesting note. Kids' movies are not typically what you would associate Robert Rodriguez with. Yeah, <laughs> let's just let's just make sure the listeners know this. Robert Robert Rodriguez. That's the that's the. Uh... <laughs> the man known for Sin City and uh, Alita Battle Angel. And uh, I think he worked on Machete. So that's the person who wrote the story for Ugly Dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he, he, so he did direct, um, I believe, the first three Spy Kids movies as okay. well. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't, oh, he actually directed all four of them from what I'm seeing. Um, but he, yeah, he's he's better known for a lot of his more hardcore sense indie. <laughs> um, he did some of the Grindhouse stuff with Tarantino um, and a few other. I think Eli Roth was involved with those. Um, yeah, he normally does a lot more hardcore, violent action kind of things. Um, so it's it's interesting to see <laughs> see him going behind an animated kids movie. Um, it's another kind of dismal debut for stx they haven't really had much in the way of of hits this year yeah, just, the upside's been good for them but yeah yeah, they, they had the upside but yeah and we talked about this a few podcasts ago but they're kind of coming off of peppermint happy time murders yeah uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of dismal debuts for them um so i think unfortunately the upside didn't start a pattern it is just kind of the anomaly at least as far as uh, Ugly Dolls goes. And, you know, they had the best of enemies earlier this year. And I think that's barely crossed the $10 million mark. Yeah. And just, just not a whole lot going for them right now. Nope. So, yeah, we can uh, just kind of point out that Captain Marvel is in the top five again. Um, still feeling a pretty decent in-game bump. At this point, we've talked about it pretty much nine episodes in a row. So I don't think there's just a ton more to add there <laughs> um yeah, it's, it's making its money it's it's a massive hit end game the end game bump was real we speculated that for a while nine weekends now nine weeks that captain marvel's been out it's still uh, number five in the box office uh, this weekend that's pretty good 
Yeah. And uh, just kind of one more MCU related note. So Endgame um, right now, as of this weekend's estimates, is sitting at the number two highest grossing movie of all time, um, not adjusting for inflation. And so just interesting to point out that the MCU makes up currently half of those movies, um, which is for a single franchise. It's very, very impressive um and i think it's just kind of a testament to how big these films really are um how much of a following they have and just how many billions of dollars they'll continue to rake in uh so right now it's endgame is in the number two spot infinity war is in the number five um was previously at number four the avengers the original is at number seven age of ultron is at number nine and then black panther rounds it out at top 10 and what's also even more interesting to note is that Accounting for Avatar and Titanic, which Disney now owns, um, in addition to The Force Awakens, Disney holds eight of the top ten spots. Um, Universal has Jurassic World at number six and Furious 7 at number eight. Um, but yeah, Disney is kind of dominating in the uh, billions, billion dollar movie club right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and then we... Uh, mentioned it a little bit brennan mentioned it a little bit earlier but the sonic redesign was kind of a kind of an issue this week um so they they are making a sonic the hedgehog movie and there was a poster released i think about two weeks ago now um that gained controversy because they they changed the sonic design a little bit he's a lot more humanoid um his hair tail like i don't really know what you call that his the back of his head (laughs) was changed a lot and so they, there was a lot of backlash when the first trailer came out this week and the director came out on Twitter and said, you know, we heard you, we're going to change it. So really my question is, you know, I, I admire the director in the studio that they're willing to do that this late in the game. Um, I think it's admirable that they, they, they're showing an effort to listen to the fans and showing an effort to pump a lot of money into redesigning. But my question to you, Brennan, is do you think it's really okay for there to be that much of a say before we've even seen the movie um you know what it's this can never be prevented um with with a with a world that is dominated by social media this type of thing can never be prevented uh fans will always prejudge um there will always be tweets there will always be posts there will always be rants about things um before a movie comes out or before something comes out uh, i think that's something that's unavoidable um now is it okay um Personally, uh, I think that it, it's, a, it's a very tough thing to, to really put your finger on. I think this is a good question that you bring up because it's not something that I've ever really thought about. I mean, I'm personally one who never wants to. I, I enjoy trailers. I see trailers. I like to discuss trailers, but I never want to put a movie down completely because of a trailer because you know that it's not the filmmakers necessarily that are designing the trailers, right? Um, so for me, I don't love to prejudge uh, movies based off just trailers. Personally, I don't mind, uh, prejudging the design. I don't mind that aspect. I think, um, prejudging a trailer is a different story. I think the actual design of the character is something that you're allowed to discuss. Um, that's just Mm -hmm. my take, my take. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I understand where people are coming from. You know, I'm not claiming to be a huge Sonic fan. Um, I think I've played the first couple at, in an arcade before, but never really done a whole lot with with Sonic. Um, 
I just think it's it's an odd precedent to kind of set. Um, and, and granted, we do have a lot of reaction to this. Um, it's nothing that's really been new. Um, so like going back before I was born, uh, when Michael Keaton was first cast as Batman, um, caused a huge controversy because he was Mr. Mom, right? He wasn't Batman. He was this comedian. Um, you know, thankfully they stuck to their guns and, and made you know, one of the best Batman films to date. But, you know, I just think it sets an odd precedent when this late in the game. So the movie Sonic, the movie comes out in November. Um, so that gives them a very short window to pretty much redesign the character for the entire movie. Um, and, you know, we, we don't get to see the full picture. The director obviously made those choices for a reason. And so we may come to find in November that the world just doesn't quite feel right in the movie or that because fans were so adamant that this was wrong before seeing the the final vision, um, you know, it, it made it, the, the movie may be affected in terms of quality because of that. Um, on the other hand, you know, maybe because they are willing to take this step, the movie has better financial success, but it's just kind of a wait and see at this point. Yeah, so the production budget was listed uh, right now. It could change by the time the film comes out in November, and I'm sure it will now increase just due to uh, uh, what they have to do uh, in redesigning the character. Um, but it's $90 million, which initially when I when I saw that, I thought that that's not a bad number. That's definitely achievable, a $90 million budget. It's definitely something that you can beat. Um, uh, I think that this might help it. I think definitely it might help it, but I don't know how much. Uh, it 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 would help it. Um, this is something that I think we're gonna have to wait and see. Definitely, how it plays out. We have many months to go until then. Um, but it it might be a mistake for them as well. I mean, we'll see. But it it's an it's an interesting situation for sure. Yeah, uh, I I'd agree there. Um, it'll be an interesting one to watch. So yeah, other than that, we really don't have much new stuff. It's it's a busy and it's also a slow weekend at the box office just because everyone kind of gave Endgame their space. Um, we'll have Detective Pikachu opening up next week, and then the summer summer movie season really kicks off from there. Um, like we mentioned earlier, we've got Aladdin. Uh, later this month, we've got Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, I don't know if there are any other like huge tentpole blockbusters this month, but we do. We are getting into full swing of blockbuster season and we'll start having a lot lot larger uh box office weekends and smaller margins between between the films hopefully yeah i'm pretty interested to see what happens this month i think this is a very crowded month um this was a perfect time for endgame to capitalize and have a good second weekend i'm interested to see how much they drop in the following weekends i mean uh i'd like to see them start dropping under 50 percent, but I, I think it'll be around a 50 percent drop um, but overall, this is this is a definitely definitely a crowded crowded month at the box office. You have Detective Pikachu. Um, you're going to see uh, the John Wick trilogy come to a close. Mm -hmm. um, we're also going to have Aladdin, as you said, which could be a smash hit just because of the property, um, but also the the backlash of that trailer as well when that came out. That might mm -hmm. uh, hinder its success as well. That's something we'll definitely look out for. Um, you also look. You have Godzilla, King of the Monsters coming out this month, which. Um, I'm a uh, monster movie fan. I, I like Godzilla. The first film was slightly underwhelming. Uh, it was still fine, in my opinion. But the trailers for this have been unreal, in my opinion. I think they've they've been great. 
Um, but Godzilla trailers are almost always good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we'll see how this film is. I think it, it'll for sure have a good first weekend. Um, but it's a crowded, crowded time. And especially you look at that May, May 30, 31 weekend when Godzilla's coming out. Rocket Man's coming out that weekend, and Ma is coming out that weekend. Uh, Ma, mm-hmm. the horror film with Octavia Spencer, and Rocket Man, the biopic on uh, about Elton John. Imagine if that movie was as big as Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think it will be. Uh, not a. I, I. I really don't think it will be. But it's. It definitely has the potential to do great numbers. So we might have tons of hits this month. Um, also, Brightburn's coming up this month, which I'm pretty excited about. The. Uh, the uh, James Gunn produ- produced, I think his cousin and his brother wrote it. I'm not 100% sure, but there mm-hmm. are th- three guns attached to it. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say Superman, but that's kind of the, the, what if what if he used his powers for bad? So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for that film as well. Uh, it's going to be a pretty jam-packed month. Yeah, and we've got, we've got a lot of crowded weekends in terms of films that aren't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily stack them up side-by-side genre-wise. Um, I think definitely the weekend of Godzilla, Rocket Man, and Ma will be will be pretty close. Um, and I also think uh, Rocket Man has most of the creative team behind Bohemian Rhapsody behind it. Oh, okay. um, and I can't can't remember the director's name, but the director that filled in for Brian Singer um, after his removal from the film is the director of this movie. Um, and then I believe the uh, it was written by the same same person or same team as well. Um, I mean, you forgot. The biggest movie coming out this month is another Dennis Quaid epic, A Dog's Journey. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how you missed that one. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to all the uh, diehard fans. I know it's a, it's kind of a sequel, though, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, it, it was a dog's purpose that came out two years ago or uh, two or three years ago, and Dennis Quaid was in that film as well. Yeah. So, so it's kind of the dog uh, cinematic universe. And then there's a there's a couple others. Um, we have the hustle coming out, the uh, Anne Hathaway, Rebel Wilson comedy duo. Um, yep. We have Tolkien, which has been pretty controversial. Um, most of the remaining members of J.R.R. Tolkien's estate have come out against the film, so I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out financially and critically. Um, there's another there's a indie movie that I've been eyeing for a while for a while called All Creatures Here Below. And it's headlined by Karen Gillan and David Desmalzian, and they are both uh, Ant-Man people. Uh, she plays Nebula in Guardians. He plays Kurt in Ant-Man. I'm sorry, they're both Marvel people. Um, but it's kind of their passion project they've been working on. It's gotten a lot of early buzz over the past year since they started debuting it at festivals. And so I'm excited to see that one come out. And then, yeah, like you said, Brightburn, uh, Booksmart, which is uh, Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. debut comes out at the end of the month and i've heard nothing but positive things about that, that as well so it, should, it looks to be a, a very good month uh, movie wise yeah for sure i'm glad that you uh touched on some of those i missed i think everyone knows what they need to see now this month everything <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i think i think we're good yeah i think that pretty much wraps it up for this week and then next week we'll be back with detective pikachu uh, possibly back with the hustle and Tolkien as well. Um, we'll talk about them no matter what, but whether or not they crack the top five remains to be seen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Bubble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebubblereviews.com and check back next week as we break down the opening weekend of Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu.